Welcome to Beyond the Box podcast. The mission of Fairway Cares is to send hope, courage, strength, and love to those facing critical illness, loss of a loved one, or sustained physical trauma through care packages. May you be inspired through these stories as we journey beyond the box. I'm your host, Sherry Anderson, CEO of Fairway Cares, and today we are welcoming to the podcast, Jennifer Rome from Overland Park, Kansas. She is a loan officer with Fairway Independent Mortgage. She also is a Fairway Ambassador, Fairway Cares Champion, and a breast cancer survivor. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. I'm really, really excited to be here. Well, and so excited to have you here. Not only are you a Fairway Cares Champion, breast cancer survivor, fairway teammate, loan officer, but you're a very, very dear friend. And it's just a a lot of fun to have you on the podcast to just sit back and kind of uh, have a little chat and uh, inform everyone of all the amazing things that you're doing. So uh, first of all, I want to start out with uh, how long have you been with Fairway and uh, how did you decide to come to Fairway? I have been with Fairway for nearly three years. I started in July of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. And it's uh, my journey to Fairway is in and of itself a story. Um, I was on the heels of a lot of loss, uh, divorce, breast cancer diagnosis, and uh, job loss due to COVID. And unfortunately, just four days before I was going to close on a new home. So I also lost the opportunity to, to begin rebuilding my life. And so I, I used that time to basically figure out how to reshape my life. And one of the things I was considering was a complete career change. And so uh, Mark Rome uh, has been with, he's been in the mortgage industry for a very long time and had been with Fairway. And I reached out to him, started kind of exploring what what the path, the career path of a loan officer looked like, and um, honestly was about to accept a job offer in my previous career when Mark forwarded an email to me from Steve Jacobson. It was one of his keep playing emails, and it talked a lot about mindset and it talked about the teachings of Andy Andrews. And the minute I read that email, I knew I was coming to Fairway. I knew I was not accepting the other job offer and I was, I was taking a leap of faith and, and joining the Fairway family. Uh, I mentioned, you mentioned keep playing. So that is such a important part of our culture here at Fairway and wow, the impact of drawing you to Fairway through a keep playing. That's pretty awesome. Yes. And I mean, as you know, the keep playing, keep playing culture is near and dear to my heart. It's, um, you know, I, I wrote my first keep playing story when the organization opened it up to all employees. And that was in January of 2021. I think I've written maybe eight times since then. And it has been an absolutely beautiful gift. Um, not only has it kind of helped me to to find a voice for so many of the things I've been through, but it's allowed me to um, connect with others who maybe are on similar journeys and 
you know, it's, it's all about, you know, making each other feel seen, heard, valued. And certainly when you're in crisis, it's about making sure you never feel alone. And so the keep playing culture is certainly, um, kind of drawn me in, um, and helped me through my own grief, but then also given me an outlet to, to be a resource to others who may be going through difficult times as well. And knowing that you have a passion for writing and sharing your experiences, that was kind of how you and I met. We got connected through a keep playing. Uh, if I remember correctly, you and I met to put something in the packages or brainstorm on how we could en enhance our packages in some way. And that's kind of the start of our friendship back then, which was a couple years ago. Yes, it was. I, I just knew I was drawn to the work that Fairway Cares was doing. And I, I was in a place, you know, I, I had rebuilt enough that I was in a place I knew I needed to start pouring energy into giving back. And so, yeah, we had several conversations just exploring, you know, how could we utilize my talents and my passion to be a part of Fairway Cares. And um, little did I know it was on the heels of um, your vision to create the Fairway Cares champions. And so it was, uh, it, it's been an absolute gift to collaborate with you and to, you know, to, to meet so many others that are passionate about Fairway Cares as well. And just to, to give back and to grow the, um, to grow your presence and to grow our impact. Well, the, you have such a significant story prior to coming to Fairway. You are a breast cancer survivor. You know what it's like to walk that journey. Uh, you mentioned something about, you know, not being alone. Tell us a little bit about your, your breast cancer journey and kind of what your vision is for leading or guiding or, you know, mentoring others through their journey through Fairway Cares. Mm, yes. Um, so my, my journey, it, how I was diagnosed was very unusual. Um, I, I was in the throes of a, I'll just say it's, it was more than difficult divorce and really was just trying to manage through each day, sometimes each hour and sometimes each moment. And I, I had kept my regular yearly exam with my OBGYN. And while I was there, you know, they really encouraged me to stay on schedule with my mammogram. And, you know, I said to them, I, I've got a million and one things going on. And I, I'd really like to push it off six months. And, you know, wait until after the first of the year, wait until dust settles in my life. And they just really pressed me and said, no, you, you know, you've got very dense tissue, which um, for women who have dense tissue, they are at greater risk for breast cancer. And I did not know that at the time, but they just said, you have very dense tissue. You've got to stay on course with your mammogram. So uh, I, I found a day where I was already taking a little time off to, to get my boys off to their first day of school in August. And I went in for my mammogram and where in previous cases, I had always just been invited to get dressed again. This particular time, I was in the waiting room for a very long time. And then eventually they ushered me back and 
just had a very frank conversation and they, they, they found some uh, calcifications on the mammogram and the radiologist was so kind. And he said, you know, in 80% of these cases, it's nothing, but just in case you're in the 20%, you need to go get a needle biopsy. So that was my next step. Um, so I, I had the needle biopsy a few weeks later and received a call that I had, uh, that they had not found cancer, but they found high risk tissue for cancer. And so when that happens, the next stage is to do what's called a lumpectomy where they basically go in and they take more tissue and, um, they're, they're looking for, again, for cancer. And in my case, they did not find cancer, but they found a different high-risk tissue. And so at that point, two two different types of high-risk tissue, uh, which is, I think, very uncommon. Um, and, and then with my age, they basically, they said, you know, you're, you're more than likely, you know, 85% likely to have breast cancer in your life. And um, they gave me three options. One was to monitor and rather than have a mammogram once a year, I would alternate every six months between mammogram and MRI. And they, again, because my tissue was very dense, just said that's, you know, it it, it may be unlikely that we would find uh, a cancerous lesion just with monitoring. So that option was just not an option. Uh, so the two other options were, uh, the second was to, to meet with an oncologist who could uh, prescribe a cancer reducing drug that I would go on and be on for 10 years. And I have a family member who's been on this drug and I just really wanted to avoid uh, the side effects of the drug if at all possible. So uh, that really, to me personally, was not an option. And the third option proposed was a preventative double mastectomy. And I I didn't leave that office without appointments scheduled for all of the specialists that needed to be involved in a surgery like that. I just knew, I knew in my heart that that was the only option for me. So um I had the double mastectomy on December 12th of 2019. And honestly, I thought, you know, just get through the surgery, get back to life, try to finalize my divorce, try to, to rebuild my life. And on December 18th, I was completely shocked when I received a call that I not only had breast cancer, but I had it in both breasts, um, which is again, very unusual. Um, when they found it, it was nearly stage two, um, in size and they did not know my lymph node status. So for most, for most, uh, patients when they're diagnosed with breast cancer, it's, it is on biopsy. And so the surgeons will, uh, they will go in and they will inject dye into the tumor and they'll see what lymph nodes are fed by that um, tumor. And then they will biopsy or remove those lymph nodes. Well, my tumor was gone. So there was no way to biopsy anything at that point. And so 
there was a big dilemma and I consulted with three different teams, you know, do, do we go in and do we treat it as though I've got stage two and that I have cancer floating in my lymph nodes and therefore I need chemo or do I have another surgery to have all my lymph nodes removed and biopsied and where most women probably have two, three, five, six lymph nodes. I had 27 removed in my right arm. Uh, and that, that surgery was at the end of January. And uh, I was, I was fortunate in that there was no cancer in my lymph nodes, which really changed the course of my care. Their, their uh, chemo was still on the fence. That was still an option because my tumor was aggressive and it was moderately likely to come back. And they, they have, it's, it's tremendous. Anybody who is close, either has been through the journey themselves or close to somebody who's been through the journey, the tools that they have available to really customize and cater care is unbelievable. So the fact that they knew I was, uh, you know, I had a high risk tissue and they knew I had moderate risk for it to come back, that really, that, and then knowing it was um, hormone positive, um, that really guided my care. And ultimately for me, the decision was to avoid chemo and to instead do everything possible to suppress hormones in my body. So it led to another surgery to have my ovaries removed. And that very drug that I did not want to go on, I am on it and will be on it for 10 years. So um, so that's kind of my, my journey. I guess the other piece of it is that I did learn that I I have a genetic form of breast cancer. It is a rare genetic mutation called CHECK2, so different than BRCA. Um, and it, uh, it basically puts me at risk for five different types of breast cancer. So a big part of my journey, in addition to just the management of the breast cancer itself, has been to reduce my risk of cancer in other areas. So I've also had my thyroid out, and I now take a thyroid replacement drug. And I get colonoscopies every three years. I have a skin check every six months to check for um, potential melanoma Um, and then kidney cancer. They don't really, that's the fifth one. And they, there's not really anything they do to monitor for that. So needless to say, I've been thrown into the medical system in a number of ways, Um, but I'm grateful for my care team every day. Well, and in the midst in in the midst of that, I I missed a title when I was introducing you. You also are a mom to two amazing boys, and they have journeyed this journey with you, correct? Yes, <laughs> they are my warriors. <laughs> yes, um, and it's so fascinating. Like when you're in the throes of that, and and at that moment in time you know, they, they were going through so much. Um, there was so much about the divorce that, uh, they were impacted by, and there was so much that I had to navigate and couldn't really involve them in the details of. And, and so for them to just make sense of 
what was happening in their world just specific to the divorce was really difficult. So once I had my diagnosis, and I mean, we're talking a week before Christmas, um, and I'm like, how, how do I have this conversation with my kids? Like, how do I how do I frame this in a way where they don't really stop to think about it? And I mean, the reality is no matter what they have to, they're going to stop and think about it. But I, I framed it as though, you know, at the time I think they were, were they nine and 10, 10 and 11? I'm, I've lost track, but <laughs> um, yeah, let's see that. Yeah. They would have been 10 and 11. Um, and I just said, you know, Hey, I, I got this diagnosis. We think we caught it early. Um, what they don't know is whether or not there are any little cancer bugs that are suddenly floating around mom's body. And if, and if there are cancer bugs, then they're going to have to do this really powerful drug that'll make me lose my hair. And, um, you know, and it probably means I'm going to have a few more surgeries. And, and I said, but everything I'm doing is to make sure that I am the healthiest mom. You know, and, I, and so I always try to put it in this this voice of um, strength and that everything we're doing is very much driven from a place of everything's going to be okay. Life is going to be okay. Your world's going to be okay. And um, everything that's happening is really not for you to worry about. You go and you keep doing school, you keep doing your activities and being with friends and all of that. And I'm going to worry about the rest. So um, it, it's interesting, though, because they, um, you know, you always want to try, at least for me, I always wanted to protect my children from, you know, chaos and hurt and grief. And um, what I've learned, though, is that there is such a gift in you know, facing turmoil and facing challenges like that. And I look at them now, they're now um, 13 and a half and, and almost 15. And they both are so wise. And so now I look at that time and I look at it almost as a gift, like, you know, you know, God, thank you for bringing me through all of this. Um, and thank you for instilling this, like, strength and wisdom in my kids, because I think that that's going to serve them well from here on out. And I can't, I can't ask for anything better than that. Well, Jennifer, they, I've had a chance to meet your beautiful gentlemen and they are truly that they are amazing young men and you have done such a great job. And sometimes we want to protect our kids to the most, the, the greatest that we can. Um, but reality is life is life, right? And sometimes right. we have to go through those hard things. Uh, but in the midst of that, what kept you going? What, how did you, obviously there was some inner strength within you, within you. Uh, where, where did that come from? And, and how did you just keep moving forward? Oh, goodness. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I have an amazing support system. My, my mother is my rock. Um, I ultimately, in order to to come to Fairway, I had to make the humble decision to plant roots with her for a total of 19 months, which as a very independent 40-something, 
was really difficult. And I had to swallow my pride, but I just, I just knew it was the right thing to do. And the wonderful thing about my mom is that like, she, she was uh, a single mom. And so, uh, and she's just always showed up for us with just such unconditional love. And so um, she never, like, she never questioned. And she was like, you're welcome here with your boys as long as you want. Um, and so what that really offered me was some space um, and what I call, I actually call it white space. Now I describe the time as a very dark time, especially when I write about it, but I call it my white space because it was such a gift. I, I, I didn't have to worry about a mortgage. I, you know, she and I could manage the house together. I really then just could, I could focus on getting started in my new career. I could focus on my boys and my physical health and my, you know, my spiritual and, and emotional health as well. And, you know, I, I come from a family and I, I, haven't really talked about this a lot, so I'm, I'm sure I will in an upcoming Keep Playing, but I, I come from a broken home and a home where there is a history of alcoholism. And so I learned the serenity prayer at a very young age, and I learned, you know, the mantra of one day at a time. And that's carried me through so many things in my life. And it certainly carried me through that time. Sometimes it was just even a moment at a time. And it was, you know, it was just getting out in the sunshine. It was driving around in my car. It was looking for, uh, you know, motivational messages online. It was calling a friend. It, it was, you know, all the little things that I, I just kept reaching out and I just kept trying to stay connected and, and I kept trying, trying to, um, you know, find, find small things to keep me moving forward. And I had, I had my boys to think about, like, I, I did not, I, I cried and I broke a lot when they were not with me, but when they were with me, I needed them to just see that, you know, we just get up, we keep going, we move forward, we try to find joy in the simplest of things. Um, we had, oh my goodness, we went on, um, we went on walks in the beautiful parks around us every day and we had picnic lunches and we had Nerf wars and we spent so much quality time together and, you know, while there was this internal unrest, we all talk about that time as being so special and, and just really creating this extra bond between us. Um, so certainly a gift. That's beautiful. You mentioned earlier our connection with Fairway Cares and the vision that unbeknownst to you at the time that was percolating really in the Fairway Cares team and, and in my heart, you have such a journey that you've been through, but you also have such a passion for people and yes. guiding them through that journey, having walked the journey, having maybe crawled through the journey at times. We have you as a Fairway Cares champion and we love it. 
But you, along with Jennifer Dixon, carry a little bit different role as a champion. Can you kind of share that and what, what you are up to and your vision with that? Yes. Well, so, you know, for me in, in particular, my journey, it was a, a very, I, I think it's probably a lonely experience for anyone going through, you know, a critical illness but for me, I, I, when I tell my story publicly, I, I've had the opportunity to speak about it on a few occasions. And every time I bring into it this chair, it's it's an electric recliner that I slept in for probably six months. And what that chair represents is this loneliness. Um, there, My mom was there. She was great but it was already a lonely time. And then you're going through the loneliness of a, of, you know, a critical illness with your family unit shattered. And, um, you know, something else we don't talk about a lot with breast cancers. If you choose mastectomy, you're, you're getting rid of a, a body part that very much defines being a woman. And so you have to, there, there's a lot of grief that comes with that and a lot of mindset shifts that you have to make. And so, you know, I look back on that time and I look at all the decisions I had to make and the, the grief that often came with each decision and the loneliness that came from it, especially as a, like a young survivor, I didn't know anyone else my same age going through this. I, I think I was the first one in any of my circles. And so um, I take that back. There's one friend, but that, other than that, it was, it was, it was older relatives or distant, distant contacts, not anybody in my circle. And so I, I just decided, you know, once I was on my, my, like once I had my bearings again and I was, I had my footing and I kind of knew where I was heading. I just decided for myself that I never wanted anyone to ever feel alone. And I wanted others to always feel seen and heard and valued. And so as a champion, it was kind of a natural fit because I got to intimately learn what Fairway Cares does. And then I get to tell people about it. And I have requested numerous care packages for people in my personal life. And then also in my professional life, whether it be a client or uh, a business partner, and, and that just strengthens those bonds. And then you know, Jennifer Dixon and I, you know, we're partnering up for um, to be basically be a part of every care package that goes out to a breast cancer patient with just some words of encouragement and our contact information. And I feel so strongly about it because, again, I don't I want everyone to know that they're not alone in the journey and that when they have those moments of weakness, because we we all do. I don't want them to ever feel like they need to go through it alone. I want them to know that they have a safe safe place with me to to break down, to cry, to um, you know, to you know whether we go that direction or we talk about resources available. I just just always want people to know that 
that I'm there no matter what. Well, and that's so important. I think so many times people are afraid of emotion and showing emotion and, and it's important to be raw and real and to have that safe place. Um, we're so grateful that we can offer that as, as a Fairway Cares champion. You mentioned, you know, to being able to let people know about Fairway Cares, who to request a package for, but we're always in Fairway Cares trying to take it to that next level of how do we make Fairway Cares that much more personable. And by you and Jennifer stepping up and being in that place of making, you know, the critical illness of breast cancer a little more personable uh, to people and, and being able to just be there, whether they use you and reach out or not, it's just really neat to be able to offer that. So yes. we're very grateful. You mentioned about the care packages and that you've requested some several uh, and that it's strengthened the bonds. Can you kind of explain what you mean by strengthen the bonds? Oh, absolutely. So there's a couple different directions I'll take this. For those that I've requested care packages for, they call me so grateful, so overcome with emotion um, that number one, that, you know, they're, they're either their business partner or their lender would think of them and think to do something so special. Um, but then to know that there's a whole company who really is on a mission to serve in this way. I mean, they're just, they're blown away and they're blown away by how personal the packages are you know, for instance, there's a realtor in my community whose husband was diagnosed with cancer and they have a young child. So the the care package was personalized to the things he was interested in. And I, I mean, she, she reached out, she couldn't believe, she just couldn't believe the magnitude of what was in that box and, and how special it was and um, how it really uplifted this young boy in his moment of sadness. So it's, I, I think those things, you know, we send those packages out and we think it's just a moment in time that they're touched by it. But I, 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 as you and I have heard, you know, with so many stories, I think they, the gift continues to give, you know, there, there are the care you know, or the blankets and just all these different pieces that people have in their lives well beyond the receipt of that package. And so every time they, you know, in their, they cover themselves in that blanket or they use a warmy, they think of fairway, they think of fairway cares and they think of the person who requested the package for them. And that's, that goes a long ways. You know, that's, that is so true. And I, I as you were talking about that, I think about, uh, hearing about how they felt the moment that they got the package that they felt that they go back to when they hug that blanket or they hug that warmy, they go back to how they felt when they, they re received the package and what a special day that was. Yes, absolutely. I think again, it's that moment of like, Oh, we are, we're heavy in our grief and, and the chaos of trying to figure out what's next. And this beautiful package shows up and it just, it lightens the burden a little bit. Um, and then the other piece of it too, is that, 
you know, the, the reality is that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, I think about it on my block. I think there are 30 homes on my block. That means that as many as four women on my street alone will be diagnosed with breast cancer. So, so as you can imagine with, uh, you know, as a loan officer, you're out talking to people all the time. And so it, what it's, what it's offered is that personal connection with several of the realtors I now work with, because we could, we bonded first over our journey. Um, then we bonded over talking about what Fairway Cares does. And then we've bonded over doing things for breast cancer in our, in our own community and, you know, pulling Fairway into that. And it's, those are, those are relationships that, you know, they're, they're not fickle. They're not uh, fleeting. Those are going to be professional and personal relationships for years to come uh, because, you know, we've kind of connected over all these different pieces. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned getting involved in your community and, and I want to talk about the Bra Couture because uh, October breast cancer awareness for fairway it's paint the street pink month and you hopped on board an event to support brock tour in october of last year can you talk about that a little bit absolutely so part of you know part of the bonding between um several of my business partners you know we we were starting to explore ideas on maybe doing things a little different or using our experiences and our love of our community to approach things a bit differently. And so we, we started out, it, it is a nonprofit. Now we are, um, we now have our 501 C three, but we started a group here locally called the giving professional KC. Um, our mission is basically to connect like-minded professionals through um, community service and giving back to our Kansas City community. So 11 months of the year, we organize local community service projects and socials where we gather goods and products for um, nonprofits in our area. But one, one month of the year, and that being October, we do a big fundraising event. Last year, you know, we came together with this idea and we planned it in 55 days we had nearly 100 guests show up, and after expenses, we were able to donate nearly $13,000 to Barack Couture KC. Um, and we are doing it again this year. And uh, what Barack Couture KC does, they, they are uh, a nonprofit. They used to serve just cancer patients in the Kansas City, or breast cancer patients in the Kansas City area, but they now serve all cancers, and their focus is those cancer patients who are uninsured or underinsured. So, you know, those patients, you know, where I had a safe place to go, I had my white space to heal and to grieve and to rebuild. They, on the other hand, are making a choice between going to work and getting paid or going to their doctor's appointment, taking time off of work and not getting paid or and, and possibly defaulting on their rent or going without meals. It's, it's a much more dire situation. And so to have 
a nonprofit in the area where I think it's over 90% of their proceeds go right back out to the Kansas City community and specifically to serve that population. And then to have the opportunity to, to raise money specifically to serve that community, uh, it, uh, it was a life-changing experience. Um, and we're doing it again this year. Well, that's, and you guys rocked it last year. And as you became involved in Tour and, you know, supported so much of what they do through what you did in October, is that how you became a warrior for their fashion show? <laughs> yes. So they host a fashion show once a year and they invite survivors and um, supporters of uh, often, it's often those who are lost to cancer. Uh, they invite them to walk the runway and the goal is to raise money. So they, and they raise a lot of money over half a million dollars this year. Uh, but the other part of it is that it, it offers the survivors another opportunity to heal. So yes, they, she, I, I think she was blown away by what we were, and she being the founder, her name is Sharon Payne. I think she was blown away by what our small little community could do in less than two months. And so, yes, she invited me to be a part of it. And she knew the story of a conversation with my youngest son, which was centered on being a warrior. And so she paired me with a designer who had designed a warrior costume for them before. And and then on top of that, I was asked to most most of the models, their stories were pre-recorded. Um, and she wanted to kind of shake things up a little bit. And so asked a couple of us to speak at the event. And so I had the honor of of telling my story live at the event. And um, it was it was an incredible experience. It just is so powerful to think about how this has kind of come full circle. I mean, I, going back to the beginning of your story where your boys were your warriors, right? Mm -hmm. And you come to represent a warrior on stage at Brockatour and your boys were your cheerleaders there. And you just, you rocked it and just applause. It was just a beautiful moment to see you there. I mean, obviously I didn't see you in person, but to see the photos of, and your boys were so proud of you, I'm sure. <laughs> they were. And, um, my youngest was definitely, uh, I, I thought he, I mean, he knows the warrior story that it was a conversation with him. And I thought for sure he had heard me practicing my speech at home, but, uh, he was, I asked him after because he was very taken aback by the experience and me including that conversation with him and in my speech. And I asked him, did you, did you hear me practicing before? And he, he was like, no, mom, I didn't, I didn't hear you at all. So it was, um, you know, it was also a way for me to remind them that, you know, like, I, I wanted them to know that like what we went through was big. It was big and it was heavy and it was dark, 
but I didn't want us to end there. So, you know, I started by just talking about that experience and I, and I made sure I kind of brought emotion into it so that the audience really understood the gravity of the time, but it was so fun to be able to start talking about how, you know, how I've rebuilt and then to just be able to, to kind of end on a very positive note um, and with a very powerful message. It, it, it's, I wanted my boys to walk away from that, knowing that they could do anything that they ever set their mind to and they can overcome anything. And uh, so I think for at least a moment, they believed it. So well, what an inspiration you are, Jennifer, to so many, and especially to your boys. Uh, just amazing perseverance. You're such an, you know, such an inspiration, like I said, to so many. Thinking about, you know, your journey, do you have a message for those that are navigating breast cancer right now? Yes, absolutely. I think there are, I want to, I just want to share that there are so many blessings in the journey. Uh you know, and each, each person is going to find their own blessings. And so I don't want to necessarily um, propose um, any, anything relatively prescribed, but I mean, I, I just think of all the incredible people I've met specifically because of my journey and because of my willingness to share and I mean, that in and of it itself is a gift. And I think I also, I look at every day differently. And so for those who are going through it, I just, I, I want to encourage them to, you know, first and foremost, take care of themselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, and then to really proactively you know, seek out the lessons, seek out the blessings, um, seek out connection with others. And I think in that they're going to find just the ability to both heal and to maybe, you know, find their own way of giving back and, and leaving a legacy for me personally. I've decided I have no control over the longevity of my life, um, as none of us do. Uh, but but when you're faced with something that you know could end your life, you get very serious about what belongs in your life, um, what doesn't. Um, you get very steadfast in where you're you are going. And I would just encourage that anybody going through that, you know, don't be afraid to explore all of those emotions, all those feelings, and don't be afraid to reach out because um, you're not alone. You're not alone. That's a beautiful message. And I think so often we need to be always reminded you're not alone and one moment at a time, no matter what we're walking through. Jennifer, you're such an inspiration. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to share your journey with us and uh, the highs, the lows, the, the, the beautiful moment at the Braca tour with your boys that brought it kind of full circle of what it really means to be a warrior uh, through just some, some really dark times that you and your boys have journeyed through. So I just thank you for, for 
joining the podcast today. It was awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the Fairway Cares champions. Uh, thank you for your friendship. And then to my broader Fairway family, I, I just, I love all of you. Uh, I'm grateful for this community every day. It's uh, the Fairway family has been instrumental in getting me to where I am today. And uh, I'll never forget. <laughs> well, we're extremely proud of you, Jennifer, for all that you've persevered through and, and coming out on the other end as such a warrior on so many levels. Just could be not be more proud of you. Love you. Thank you. And I love you too. Oh, I love you too. Love you dearly. Thank you all for listening until the end. And thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your inspiring journey, uh, the warrior that you are. If you know someone who has been impacted by critical illness, loss of a loved one, or has sustained physical trauma, and you'd like to help brighten their day, please reach out to Fairway Cares at fairwaycares.org to request a package or financial assistance. Thank you.